Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt and restored, equipped and empowered and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. And so God bless you today. If you want to support the podcast, visit us at www.riverofheaven.org slash donate. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be with you again. Another exciting episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. You know, have you ever wondered what it was like in the book of Genesis, in in the Garden of Eden? I mean, it was paradise. Things were perfect. There was no sin. Everything was awesome, you know, for all intents and purposes. And God really only said, you can do anything you want, except don't touch my knowledge tree. Don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat from the tree of life. You can go throughout all the garden and eat and play and be merry and all these different stuff. But don't touch my knowledge tree. Don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Isn't it interesting how in life, when someone says, don't press that red button, it seems like that's all we want to do is press the red button. What is it about us as human beings that we're so intent on doing or wanting to do what we're told not to do? And that's exactly what human nature shows us in the beginning of time, in Genesis. You know, God said, don't touch my knowledge tree. Don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can have anything, everything else. The word Eden uh, in Hebrew means pleasure. God put man in his pleasure to enjoy pleasure, to enjoy all these different attributes of the garden, this beauty, all naming the animals, all these different things. But God said, you can have all this, but don't touch my knowledge tree. You know, seeking supernatural knowledge, especially seeking knowledge based on a desire to be like God, leads many down a slippery slope. Knowledge is something that mankind has desired since the beginning of human history. When knowledge is empowered by the Spirit of God, it is pure and is understood in light of man's relationship with God. However, when knowledge is desired apart from or instead of God and is pursued because of a false notion that God is somehow withholding something from his people, that knowledge and the hunger for it is pure evil. Okay, it says in Genesis 2.9, And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As we see in the book of Genesis, we had learned that God created a garden in the midst of Eden. 
and God created mankind, put them in the Garden of Eden from the dust of the earth. He had first created a male, Adam, and then breathed the breath of life into him. From Adam, he took a rib and created a female, Eve, and we know the story. God put them both in his pleasure, blessed them, and told them to be fruitful and multiply, gave them authority to rule and reign there, and told them if they could have anything in that place except the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where do we see that? Look at Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You see, mankind trusted God for everything and God provided everything mankind needed. In fact, God even provided more than what they needed. He gave them the desires of their heart. Life was perfect in the garden, as I said earlier, until one day mankind decided to disobey God, eating from the tree which God specifically commanded them not to eat from. This act of disobedience not only triggered a fall away from God, but there were also severe consequences to their disobedience, culminating with sin and death entering into the picture. Finally, Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden and not allowed to return again. They continued their journey together outside God's pleasure. Adam knew his wife and they produced a child. It's interesting when the Bible speaks of Adam knowing his wife in an intimate relationship, his wife Eve, it indicates not only deep intimacy, but the first act of covenant between the first man and the first woman. Our desire to know God must be that of pure, deep covenant intimacy. Obviously, this is a non-sexual intimacy, but it is a covenant intimacy. It is a deep, I want to know you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Instead of desiring to maintain the covenantial, pure intimacy with God that Adam and Eve started out with, our ancestors listened to a different voice. It was a non-covenant voice. They listened to the voice of the enemy. I find it extremely interesting that the only pleasure God forbid is the one pleasure mankind desired. It's an interesting that the enemy tempts mankind the same way today as he did in the garden. His tactic is to present the non-covenantial pleasures of sin. His hope is that mankind, mankind takes the bait. Once they are hooked, they are enslaved by him and in desperate need of deliverance. You know, the serpent, that ancient serpent, the devil, Satan, succeeded in seducing mankind to exalt what knowledge over what God said, which is God's word. Remember, Eve took it out of the fruit, which God specifically instructed them not to eat of, and then gave some to Adam. Why did she do this? It says uh, in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in this garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, his attack was, did God really say, oh, that's not going to happen. He just doesn't want you to have the knowledge that he has. So watch this. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and what a tree desirable to make one wise. 
She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. You see, Satan tempted them by making them believe that not only did God not really meant what he said, but also that God was withholding something from them, namely knowledge. When mankind took and ate the forbidden fruit, they not only disobeyed God, but as a result, they initiated the fall of the human race into sin, death, and separation from God. And all this came about because the enemy succeeded in getting mankind to think God was withholding knowledge from them. To my fellow listener, if you have made knowledge your God, repent. If you've repented and been born again and are in Christ, then thank God for saving you. In Jesus Christ, we've been given the spirit of knowledge according to God's plan. Interestingly enough, the Hebrew word for knowledge that is used in the the phrase, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is actually the same Hebrew word that's used in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, which is the focal scripture of our study about the sevenfold spirit of God where it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Messiah. We know that to be Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Well, isn't that interesting? Why would it be the same Hebrew word? I thought that God didn't want them to eat of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. I thought that the enemy ploy was that God's withholding something from you. No, This proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was God's plan from the beginning to give mankind access to knowledge by his spirit. He wanted us to know. He wanted us to perceive uh, supernaturally. He wanted to have that intimate relationship where we could know him, love him, and he could love us in that intimacy and be able to see, you know, by him showing us things. But just watch this, not apart from his authority. Did God really say? Remember, for those scholars who have read through Genesis, what did the enemy do when he started to address who God was to Adam and Eve? He removed the word Lord. In Genesis, it says, the Lord God said. But when we read the account regarding this serpent, it says, did God say? God has said. He removed the authority. He tried to remove the authoritative structure. He tried to remove the order that God had set in. In other words, he tried to allow them to, or try to get them to believe that they could have everything and they would, there was no accountability. Who cares about God's authority? That doesn't matter. No one even, don't even worry about it. You can be just like God. Watch this. You can be God's just like God is. And unfortunately, that is some of the same nonsense that we see every day in our culture. Knowledge is being exalted above many things in our society today. We see it all the time. We see that he who has the most knowledge wins. He who can understand the most wins. He who can, you know, be wise as can be wins. They should have the most money. Everyone should listen to them. Because knowledge is the, is the pinnacle, right? Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But that's not what God's Word teaches us. God's Word teaches us that to have the spirit of knowledge is excellent, but we must, again, have that in relation to what? To the Lordship. To the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To, to understanding that everything flows from Lordship. Notice how 
that the Holy Spirit is who? The Spirit of the Lord. Then the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Everything flows out of an understanding of lordship. Why? Because that makes certain that everyone knows that they're not their own Lord. Their desire is not to be just like God. I just want to be like you, God. I just want to be know as much as you know and have as much as you have. That's not, that is a wicked desire. That, that is what exactly why God scattered the languages of the people and the people when they built the Tower of Babel. Because the people building the Tower of Babel said, yeah, we're going to make ourselves known. We're going to make ourselves just like God. We're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to be up there just where God is. And the Lord says, oh, there will be a great fall. Pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before great destruction. A fall is imminent every time someone lifts herself up in pride. And that's exactly what the enemy is notorious for. Just remember, Lucifer, the Bible talks about in the book of Isaiah and in the book of Ezekiel, he was the covering cherub. He had it all. He was God's right-hand angelic host. He was the one that covered the mercy seat. He was the one that says that he led the choirs of the north. Matter of fact, part of his makeup was timbrels and pipes. But one day he decided that he didn't want to lead worship anymore. He didn't want to direct the praise and worship to Almighty God. Instead, he wanted the worship for himself. He, he wanted also then to deceive God's creation that was made in his image so that he could control and he could have dominion over mankind. But oh my, what a great fall. Because we know that Jesus said, as he testifies in the new covenant, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He saw Lucifer be thrown down out of the third heaven into the second heaven where it says he walks to and fro, to and fro as the prince and power of the air and his kingdom is a kingdom uh, for a short time. He's on a leash until the Lord says, time's up. Now it's time for you to be eternally judged. And we know that the triumph came over him and over the hell, death, and the grave at Calvary. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he descended in, he took the keys from the enemy, and he rose in mighty authority. And so now we as the church have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever we bind shall be bound. Whatever we lose shall be loosed. But we need to understand that to have that knowledge, to have that that relationship with the Lord, God Almighty, we have to submit. We have to say, not my will, but thy will be done. We have to, even as Jesus was the greatest example of a son that's ever existed. He was the only begotten son of God. And even Jesus, God come in the flesh, when it came down to it, he's in the garden and he's saying, if there be another way, Father, but if there's not not my will, but your will. In other words, not what I want, but only what you've prescribed. Only what you want to do. Perfect submission. Perfect understanding. And because he submitted and he is in submission to the Father in a perfect way, it says that Father God gave him the name that's above every other name. It says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. He has given him the highest place. He's given him the most high authority. 
at the name of Jesus, the one who was slain, the one who died on the cross, the one who descended into Hades and everyone thought, you know, what's, what's going on? He's, he's not going to make it. But yet he rose with the keys of all the, of all the power over hell, death, and the grave. My God, my God, why would we ever trade that in to eat of a tree of knowledge, to eat of the information superhighway, the World Wide Web as it's called these days? Why would we ever trade any of that in for our relationship with Almighty God, for our relationship with Jesus Christ, and for our relationship with Holy Spirit? It's deception to my fellow listener. If you are in a place right now where you don't understand what's going on in your life and, and you are someone who's bought into this whole thing, he with the most knowledge makes the rules and he with the most knowledge wins and he who with the most knowledge is the most popular and can get the most stuff. Look, none of that stuff matters once you breathe your last breath. First of all, it's deception. Second of all, no matter what you've gained in your lifetime, you can't take any of it with you. You can't take any of it with you. The only thing you're going to have is yourself before the throne of Almighty God. And you're going to have to stand before Him and give an account to the one who is the judge of the universe. And for those who decide to exalt knowledge, for those who decide to say, there is no God, the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says there is no God. And so let's come out of foolishness Let's come out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ. The Bible says that when you hear the word of God, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so God has been wooing you. He has been by his mercy, by his goodness. He's been leading you all the days of your life. You don't even realize it. But one day when you met this great ruin in your life, you gave in to that mercy. You gave in to that goodness. And if you're still not sure and you still are trying to understand or thinking all this is a coincidence, I would encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. God created you. You walked away from him. But while you were still sinning, Christ died for you. Romans 5.8, Father God demonstrated his love to us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. He died for you. He died for me. He died for all of us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's no way that you can get around that. But what you can do is understand that there's been a propitiation made for your sins. That everything that you've ever done, you can be forgiven for it if you truly repent and you turn to Jesus Christ today. Don't wait. We're not guaranteed not one more day. We're not guaranteed not one more hour. Christ could come at any moment, but make sure that you know where you're going to spend your eternity. And so I want to encourage you today, no longer run after knowledge, no longer run after things, no longer run after fame and wealth, but have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because He is the living water. And if you drink from Him, you'll never thirst again. He is the wellspring of life. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, we drink from the wellspring of life. We can drink from the fountain of life free of charge. 
it's free for us to drink from, but there was a tremendous price that was paid for it. And that was the price and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross. And the Bible says he was slain before the foundations of the earth. God knew. He knew what man would do. He knew. And before we could say, Lord, I love you. Please receive me. I don't want to do this anymore. He already understood that. And he knew who was going to make that decision. And before you chose him, he chose you. He started to woo you. He started to show you his love and his kindness and his mercy. And even if you rejected it, this is how good our God is. He will continue and continue and continue to pour out his love and his grace and his mercy until one day you say, it's enough. This isn't a coincidence anymore. I know that you're real. I, I, I believe, I repent, and I believe, I repent, I turn, I don't want this life anymore, I don't want to do drugs, I don't want to be an alcoholic, I don't, I don't want to beat my spouse, I don't want to be going to strip clubs, I don't want to be locked up in gambling and all these different other addictions that are out there, but there must be more to life than this, friend, there is, and as you repent, and you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Remember, all the thief said on the cross, when Jesus was crucified between the two thieves, he said, remember me. And Jesus turned to him and say, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. And beloved, that is a picture of every, every person dying in their sin. There were thieves crucified on both sides of Jesus. One thief was hurling accusations, yelling, screaming, telling, you're the son of God, get us down from here. You're, you know, all this, right? But the other thief said to, other, to the thief who was just hurling accusations, don't you understand? We, we deserved this. We were murderers. We were thieves. We did all kind of bad stuff. But this man, Jesus, he did nothing wrong. And yet he's died. And the thief discerns. And he says, just remember me, Jesus. Remember me. Remember me. You're my Lord. That's the only knowledge I need. That's the only intimacy I need. That's the only strength and wholeness I need. That I know that I'm yours and you're mine. And Jesus didn't say, you waited too long. He didn't say, well, it's kind of too late for that. No, he said, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. And friends, we just thank God for the free gift of salvation. And we thank God for the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And we're going to be talking about the fear of the Lord next time, on the next podcast. You know, if you have any questions, connect with us. Reach out to us at www.riverofheaven.org. You can fill out our contact form there, ask us questions. You could also email us at mgarity at riverofheaven.org. Ask some questions. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know what we can pray for you about. And, uh, or if you, know, if you want to receive Christ, you don't know how to do that. I've got a great resource out there also called Holy Spirit, the Sevenfold Spirit of God, where I really go into a lot of detail, even more than we do in the podcast, about this understanding, this revelation regarding Holy Spirit, who is the Sevenfold Spirit of God. Well, friends, so glad you're with us today. God bless you. We love you. And we'll talk to you the next time.
If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us. We never like to close out the podcast without giving you a chance to turn to Jesus Christ. And so you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you today to understand that God's grace led you to repentance and that Jesus Christ died for your sins. Just acknowledge that you're a sinner. Repent and turn to Him. And you'll be saved by grace through faith. Free gift of salvation will be yours. And you will be filled with the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May He lift up His countenance upon you. And may He give you His peace. Until next time, goodbye.